Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found. If I had to describe this, I'd say it's cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Because ag and life live side by side and sometimes overlap. I'm your host, Mark Flint, and this is Open Field Radio. Brought to you by Gowan Company. Jim Gibson, Timbuck Farms, Cranville, Ohio, Christmas Tree Farming, the family experience of picking your own Christmas tree, the holiday season, and more Christmas trees. We talk it all right now. Is there a perfect Christmas tree? What's the perfect Christmas tree? Well, you know, the perfect Christmas tree is really in the eyes of the beholder. You know, we try to grow a nice full, you know, seven to ten foot tree for someone's house, you know, you know, really sheared. Nice and nice and um, tight, where you know the trees are nice and you know we we like them cookie cutter down the row. Sure, but you know with, with environmental conditions, you have some that are more airier and some that are open and that, and so it's really in the, it's it's truly in the eyes of the beholder. Um, but uh, but we do you know ninety percent of what we what we sell is a is a Canadian fir or a Fraser fir. That's a nicely you know sheared tree, seven to eight foot tall. Christmas guard, perfect, right? That's what we hope we shoot for. Yeah, yep. That's you know, you know, on the farm here, it's really that we're selling the day a day of memories. You know, people come out from the city and come out from Columbus or the suburbs, and you know, spend the you know, take a half hour, forty five minute drive out and stop in the little town of Granville and get hot chocolate and all that good stuff. Come up to the farm, cut their tree down, and take pictures, bring their dog and the family and grandma and grandpa and the aunts and uncles, and you know, make a day of it a little bit, and you know really make a memory of it. So. Well, you touched on it right there. I was with you in February, and I'm very familiar with Columbus because I spent time in Columbus as a kid. I don't know that I've ever been to Granville. And I was told that when we get to Granville, and if it is snowing, it'll look like a Hallmark card. And by golly, what do you know? It was snowing, and we got out to your place, it was snowing, and everything looked like a Hallmark card. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate. Uh, my wife and I bought the uh, company 16 years ago, which has a... Uh, a uh, wholesale bedding plant operation on the farm, and then it also has the Christmas tree farm. And the uh, the family we bought it from, uh, he was a uh, worked for a wholesale florist, Hills Florist in Columbus. In 1952, he bought 70 acres, actually where the the, the uh, where the uh, the lodge is across the street, and okay. that's right when that that's right when they were started. Um, cultivating, you know, Christmas tree farms. It went from, you know, before that, everyone would just go out in the woods and cut a tree down. Sure. And, you know, the, you know that started the, you know, he was one of the first to really, you know, in Ohio to start, you know, doing cultivated Christmas trees. So he bought the 72 acres. And at that time, his children were, were he had three kids that were small, and they would drive out from Columbus. Well, in 1952, from Columbus out to Granville was probably about a about an hour, hour and a half drive because there was no major roads then. And, you know, and they would stop through Granville and have dinner and all that and come up to the farm and work. So they did this every weekend. So uh, the kids kept asking the dad, where are we going, dad? Where are we going? And he always said, we're going to Timbuktu. We're going to Timbuktu. Well, hence, that's when they named the farm and started. That's how, the, how we got the name. So how, uh, you know, Jack... Uh, uh, Frank Schmidt Sr., you know, realized in 1952 that people would actually come out from Columbus and make a day of it. You know, we're 
pretty, he had the foresight to do that and we're pretty fortunate. So, and you know, here it is 66, almost 70 years later. So. Well, I think all of us have night, great memories of Christmas trees, whether it's picking your favorite one out of a lot or going somewhere and cutting it down yourself or picking it out and having it cut for you, whatever it may be. There's just a million magical memories in that. And you guys are right in the middle of it. That's awesome. Um, is there, a, you know, is it an art? Is it a science? Is it luck to cultivating Christmas trees? It's not. I mean, it's agriculture. I mean, you know, we're, we're you know, my background is vegetable truck farming. I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Okay. And then, you know, so I didn't really know a lot about Christmas trees. You know, I know about, knew more about tomatoes and strawberries and field crops, corn and soybeans. But then I started into the greenhouse business, and I worked in the greenhouse business for about 15 years before we bought this place. So I had a, a, ba- a strong background in farming and then a strong background in the greenhouse side of it. So mm-hmm. trees really wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really know much about trees other than the agriculture part of it. So there is a science to it. You know, it's, um, I mean, it's one of those things if you put a lot of work into it and do sh- little details when they need it at the right time, you can grow beautiful trees. You know, we really pride ourselves on you growing the best tree we possibly can for Ohio. And, you know, and I think uh, we've done a really good job of that. And, you know, our customers really do appreciate that. And, um, you know, when we, you know, we usually harvest eight to nine acres or 10 acres of trees a year. And when they first come out, you know, there's literally thousands of trees that all look the same, you know, right down the row. So that's really what, what we shoot for. Um, but far as, you know, it's, it is agriculture, you know, we gotta, you know, you know, feed them in the spring, you know, we gotta maintain the weeds on them. We, um, we got to um, shear the trees at once. You know that's a little bit of a trick. You got to, you know, not a trick, but that's probably the biggest, the the, the biggest you know, uh, job. It's all done by hand. So that that you know that's that's a, a lot of labor. Art that, yeah, a lot of labor, and and you got to have a good crew that knows what they're doing. You know, it's, you know, especially when you're doing one tree after another. You know, they'll shear a thousand to two thousand trees a day. Oh my so gosh! Uh, you and, know, so and when you say shear, is that shaping? Yeah, that's basically shaping the tree. You know, we do that on the firs. Usually we start in mid-July, and, um, you know, we basically trim the, the new growth needles. Right. And, you know, that's how we shape the tree. So, like, if you walk down the row now, especially in the harvestable trees, they look, you know, they, they, they look really nice and full, and that, that's all from the shearing. So here's my experience this year. Got the family a Christmas tree permit so we could go to the woods and cut down our very own tree in 2020. Sounded pretty great. Outside, big adventure. The whole thing screams Clark Griswold, right? Finding a shaped tree in the woods? Good luck with that. Finding a full tree in the woods? Yeah, keep looking. And then not only the growth, you know, we try to really get that tree to grow really good and robust. That way we can't shear it. When you shear it, then it, the next year you get more fullness out of it. So it takes, you know, you know, most of our trees are seven to nine years old when we harvest them. So, you know, year four, year five, year six, you really got to, you know, it, they, you're shearing for the next year, so you got to you got to stay ahead of it. So, You guys farm, what, 300 acres? Is that what I read? Yeah, we got about 200 acres of trees okay. on this farm. 
you know, we're renting some neighbor farms as well, but, you know, we've got about 200 acres of cultivated Christmas trees. Open Field Radio. Like, share, subscribe. So check it out. Make Magis Midasite your first choice for mite and powdery mildew control in your ornamentals. It makes perfect sense. Excellent broad-spectrum control of immature and adult mites. Excellent powdery mildew control on greenhouse and landscape ornamentals. Quick knockdown with good residual activity. For use in ornamental plants, non-bearing fruit trees and nuts, Christmas tree plantations, and established ornamental landscape planting. Easy to use, liquid suppression, concentrated formulation, and a 12-hour REI. Ask your local dealer about Magis Midasite. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Company. Open Field Radio. So you start your trees from scratch? We buy a seedling. We actually, and uh, one of the other companies that we, uh, we're we involved with is Canane Fur Company. It's a, We actually own the, uh, the the genetics or the seed orchards of, the, of this variety, a Christmas tree. So we do actually have a business where we sell seedlings, and we, you know, we basically, um, we uh, uh, select, a really good select uh, selection of trees for, for for Christmas trees for the Canadian fir, and uh, Canadian fir grows really well in the heavier soils in Ohio. So, um, but so basically, we grow a we what we plant is about a three year old seedling. So when we get it, it's planted in the greenhouse for a year as a plug, and then grown two years outside. So it's usually about twelve inches tall when we get it when we get the seedling. And then we plant those in the spring. So three years gets you to 12 inches. Right. And wow. then, you know, and then if all goes well and you do what you need, you get about a foot a year, give or take. So, you know, if we if we get good growth and in, in good rain in the, in the summer, in the spring and the summer, and we get good growth in the trees, we usually can harvest the trees in seven years. Okay. And do they max out in size? Yeah. They'll, you know, the, the genetics are, you know, you'll have one that, you know, if you wait seven years and everything goes what you hope hope it will you'll have you know 80 percent of your trees will be seven foot and then you'll have 20 you know 20 percent of your trees that'll be taller than that you know and then what we'll do sometimes is cut every other one out and then let them grow two more years that so we'll have nine to ten footers or 12 footers so if you have a 12 foot tree i mean it's probably 12 years old i see so yeah so but people do the, you know the the demand for trees over 10 foot is really big i, mean, I was gonna that's say that's really gonna big. be a that's gonna be a narrow market at that point yeah yeah not too many people are doing that and you know we have more taller trees than we've ever had on the farm you know we have you know probably an abundance of a thousand to two thousand trees above nine foot wow so which 10 years ago we never had that so a lot of that's you just you know um getting better growth and you know paying a little more attention to the, the trees so. sure do you wholesale any of your trees or is it all come and get we, we usually wholesale between 30 and 40 percent you know we want to we want to grow more than we could sell here that way we can you know pick and choose a little bit and have have enough of a you know a, a um, enough of a surplus that we can make sure we have enough for our customers so we're sure. really you know that's where we're different than most farms in ohio most choose and cut farms are the opposite they'll grow 60 70 percent and then buy in and um, and we're actually the opposite. We grow extra that way because we want to really you know make sure we take care of our choose and cut customers first, sure. and then wholesale the rest. Well, that's so. that's quite a uh, quite an event you have going on on the choose and cut side. Um, looking at your site online, I mean it's quite an event if you come out there to come get your Christmas tree uh, between the uh, the hot chocolate in town and Santa Claus and everything else. It's quite a quite a thing you got going on. Yeah, it's a day at the day on the farm. You know, we really like it. Now this year we're a little uh, changing, uh, changing a little bit because of COVID. You know, we're we're gonna, uh, you know, 
put some more registers in, spread the crowd out a little bit, try to have some more photo ops out in the field, to, you know, so the lines won't be so long. So we got some things that we're doing trying to stay up with it because I think people are really going to be anxious to get out and cut a tree this year. And we have a gorgeous crop of trees. We have about as good as we've ever had. So oh, that's very, awesome. very fortunate on that. So because I know you're like me, you're wondering, where did the Christmas tree come from? Well, you know what? It's pretty interesting, actually. Christmas trees or decorated trees are usually an evergreen, as Jim has so nicely told us, spruce, pine, firs, etc., and, of course, artificial trees. Shh, we won't talk about those here. Associated with the celebration of Christmas, originating in Germany. The custom was originally developed in the medieval region of what is today Estonia or Latvia and in early modern Germany where German Protestant Christians brought decorated trees into their homes. Pretty cool. It acquired popularity beyond the Lutheran area of Germany and the Baltic countries beyond the second half of the 19th century, at first among the upper class. Trees were traditionally decorated with roses made of colored paper, apples, wafers, tinsel, and sweetmeats. What? And illuminated with, yep, candles. Poof. You know, it's Christmas tree. We basically sell 80% of our trees in, in five days, the three oh days after gosh. Thanksgiving and the, and the following weekend. So, you know, we got to build the church big enough for Easter. So it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's challenging that way, but, we, you know, it's, it's, it's fun and uh, it's a great family time. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, what's the what's the ramp up to opening day like? So what we're doing now, we started cutting greens. We do a lot of greens. We make wreaths. You know, we make over 10,000 wreaths and then patio pots, which we wholesale and we retail also. So we're in the middle of that right now. So we're very busy with that. And that's for the next two weeks. We'll start cutting wholesale trees around the 10th or the 12th of November, depending on the weather. And we've been getting some cold weather this year. So if the we feel that it's cold enough. We'll start cutting around the 12th at the latest, the 15th. So we'll cut them first. And then, you know, we've already started. My wife started at the lodge, getting the ornaments set up and getting the registers set up. And, you know, we're, we're, we started about two weeks ago. So, we, you know, we got three or four people. We're getting the lodge set up. And then in between the, the tree harvest, we'll get the, the um, get all the buses ready to go and, and, uh, you know, just, a, it's a, you know, between, you know, the middle of October and now it's just full time either with the wholesale or the retail. So we should have everything, you know, we're, we're in pretty good shape. We have a good labor force this year. So I feel pretty good that we're going to be able to get everything done and, uh, we're making some changes. So we're, you know, we're putting some extra, uh, lines in and registers. So we got to do some engineering on that. So we're in the middle sure. of that right now. So, but, uh. But no, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really busy time, and on top of you know we we also grow hundred thousand poinsettias, so we got to ship them out here in the month of November. So, so oh my gosh, this is uh, you know between now and the middle of December, it's uh, game on. We're we're definitely busy. Wow, wow, okay. So you say the crowds? What what's the what's the turnout on a, on a normal year like for for Christmas trees? We normally, you know, we'll normally have about 20,000 people on the farm the whole month. Wow. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll sell five to 7,000 trees here, um, you know, and uh, so, but there again, it's, you know, most of the business is the weekend. So, right. you know, it's not unlikely to have three or 4,000 people here in a day, you know, on, sure. a, on a normal day. And then we can handle that, you know, last, uh, we've had some challenges with just the, the logistics, you know, the the Ohio State Michigan game is now on the Saturday 
after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so everyone, you know, we're busy till noon and then it's dead. But then the Friday before is usually our busiest day. It's our first day. So it's really, you know, we, we you know, it's just, it, it, we've had some really, you know, huge crowds on that Friday. And there again, it's the, it's the opening day and right. know, training people and all that. So it's a little challenging, but, you know, we talked about having some soft openings and we may do a little bit of that this year. But uh, we're definitely, um, you know, working hard to get it ready. And, you know, especially now with COVID, you know, you got to even be, be more proactive. Right. So we're probably putting a little more emphasis on it this year than we normally do. Sure. And I don't care what comes along. Very little competes with the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. Yes, that's true. FYI, Ohio State-Michigan game canceled this year due to COVID. So much for nothing competes. You know, I think with COVID, people are, you know, calling already, wanting to know if they can come during the week and that sort of thing. So if we can just get the crowd spread out a little bit, we'll sure. have no problem. But, you know, again, we're trying to put a lot of emphasis on that. And, and we have good trees, you know, that don't always work like that. You know, whether, you know, you could have a, a drought year or, or you know, uh, bug problems or something. But, you know, we've had, you know, the, the crop this year, you know, last four or five years have just been really good. And that makes a big difference, you know, because the, the customers are happy and they can get a treat quickly and sure. have, have a good time with it. So, Well, and you and I, the fun thing is, as though we're talking on the phone, you and I have met face-to-face, and I saw the Christmas trees in the snow face-to-face. And it's yeah. really a beautiful experience to drive through it in the snow and just see, as far as you can see, these Christmas trees. Just beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's a picturesque farm. You know, it's uh, got some roll to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we really... Really, uh, and we try to. We put a lot of emphasis on keeping it that way too. You know, we you know we got a nice fence down the road, and we try to mm-hmm. keep it manicured and that. So, and we've been very phobic and not changing a lot either. You know, we don't want to make it a circus. We want to make sure. it very traditional and very you know good for the families and kind of do the same thing. If something works, don't change it. You know, we are doing some more photo ops this year. I got a, mm-hmm. bought a 1925 Model T and. We're going to put it in the middle of the field where people can take pictures around it. And, you know, we're going to try to add a little bit of flair on that this year. So we're excited about that. Um, But, um, again, we're just trying to make it just fun for the family. I love that. Absolutely love that. For the listener, it's TimBuckFarms.com. Get online, check it out wherever you are. Look it up. It's so beautiful. And uh, they do such a great, great job. Talk to me, Jim, about uh, Christmas trees and pests and weeds. Are these issues? They're not issues. It just needs to be managed. I mean, you have to do scouting. You know, we have a pretty pretty uh, strict IPM program. You know, you got to do some weed control early in the spring, a little bit in June, and then again in the fall. Um, it's pretty not basic, but there's short little windows you got to get in at the right time. Um, the pests, we do a pretty good. You know, you got to do gypsy moth and you know mites, and you know we got to do a nice broad spectrum spray in the spring, which we manage. Um, if we don't have to spray, we don't. But then, then again, a little bit in the fall. Um, um, not nothing super, you know, super cru- uh, crucial unless you know you got to scout more than anything. Because some years you won't see any mites, and the next year you'll have a huge influx of them and if you don't get them sprayed they'll do damage so sure you gotta you know it's not it, it you know you, you gotta keep an eye on it you, know, you can't take it for granted so we're lucky we got a, a good farm manager and you know several agronomists here and you know myself so it's uh, we've been able to keep up with it but uh, um but the growing of it it's you know it's you know it's your you know we don't have any irrigation or anything so we're depending on mother nature and, okay. and we're at heavier soils so it's always you know too much rain hurts more than not enough but, 
But we have been very fortunate. We've had the last three or four years have been really good growing season. More of Open Field Radio after this. Get rapid results naturally with Scythe Herbicide from Gowan USA. Visual effects on most weeds within hours. Made from naturally occurring fatty acids, Scythe does not move through the soil, therefore pretty cool. Scythe will not injure nearby plants and won't damage mature, non-green, woody parts of the plant. Scythe rapidly degrades into the environment so treated areas can be transplanted into as soon as desirable levels of weed control are obtained. May be combined with glyphosate for enhanced targeted control Control, labeled for use on turf, ornamentals, bedding and landscape, non-crop, industrial and public areas, structures, buildings, walkways, trees and shrubs, greenhouse, indoor use, and dry aquatic sites. Ask your local dealer about Scythe Herbicide. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Company. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest, Jim Gibson from Timbuk Farms. Is there anything, that any one thing that is the, the enemy of, Chris, of Christmas trees? You know, the probably freezing rainstorms. We've had a couple ice storms. Oh, okay. All right. You know, we had that during the the retail season, so that could actually add a damper of it. Snow, I mean, all those people usually come in the snow. It makes it a little bit harder to run, but it... uh, but it uh, definitely does it. Growing-wise, health-wise, and that, it's pretty, you know, we've been very lucky. There's a few things out there that you got to watch for, Delja and that, but we've never had much, um, you know, issues here. Just something we got to look for. So. Well, talk to me about the varieties you have. you got eight varieties of trees. Is that correct? Yeah, we grow main, 80%, 85% is canine fir. And um, like I said, we were involved with the breeding and the selection of that. And it um, it does really good for us. It's basically a cousin to the Fraser. It was native from West Virginia and by Inconane Valley, West Virginia. There was a professor, uh, James Brown, which he, Dr. Brown from Ohio State, that passed away. He was 86 a year ago, and uh, he, um, you know, he came to Ohio as an extension agent uh, back in the, in the 70s and said that he knew a tree that looked like the Fraser fir, but it would take heavier heavier soils in the, you know in in in, um, in wetter soils so um a couple of people from the ohio group which one of the old owners jack schmidt was a part of that went down and harvested cones and then brought them back and harvested the seed and then they started a um, uh, a um, orchard program where they actually uh, got leased on ohio state property and put seed orchards in okay so we actually have you know there there's been five generations of those since 1970 and um we um we have the long-term lease that we actually harvest the cone and the seed and send it to a company out west that does all the uh cleaning and the selection and then grows the seedlings on for us so oh, cool. so that's the canine fur it's a great variety um it you know basically what it means for the, the the customers in Ohio that it, it looks like a Fraser fir and it grows good. It got, got dark dark blue needles and it has great great aroma. So, what is the most uh, what is the most sought after Christmas tree? Yeah, the the canine or the Fraser is definitely number one. Okay. We do another one called Kong Color, which is white fir, a little bit light blue needles, and it uh, smells like grapefruit. So we've been doing we've been doing more of those the last couple of years. And they've been kind of, that's been growing in demand. And then, you know, we still do white and scotch pine in small yeah. numbers, but we still have those people that want those. And then blue and white spruce. Okay. Um, that's really the, the main ones. And then we still grow a little bit of Douglas fir. And there's a new one that we've been trialing more than a trial. We got some Korean fir also. So we got, you know, six or eight species, but, you know, 80% of it is is the Canadian or the Fraser fir. Yeah, and I, th- I think the Doug fir in my head goes back to, of course, when I was a kid. I think everybody had a Doug fir. 
unless you were fancy on the block and you had a cool spruce tree of some kind. Yeah, uh, Douglas fir was like the real popular before the Fraser, and then once the Fraser came out of the market, you know, it holds the needles better. And, you know, Douglas there, again, they don't like wet soil either, so they're a little tricky to grow. And um, so that they're, 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 they're a little tougher. Than, I mean, we can do it, but we can't do it in every spot on the farm where canane sure. and spruce we could. So, But, you know, even though we love the canane fir, we, do, we still grow 20% in the other, other species. Well, you said you wholesaled them. Do any of them make it to Arizona out my way? Not that far. We've shipped them pretty far, but I don't know if they ever made them to Arizona. So. All your trees come from Oregon. So. They do. I think you're right. When I go out and look at Home Depot or anywhere else, I think they're all from Oregon. Yeah. So, How far do you wholesale? Where do they go? Mainly the state of Ohio or, you know, basically our shipping area, which is four or five hours from here. So okay. we'll ship some into Pennsylvania, a lot in, you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, uh, a little bit in Indiana. But mainly the local, the, our local local market here. Okay. Well, what's your if you if you don't mind, what's your favorite thing about Christmas tree farms and and farming Christmas trees? What's the attraction? I think the day on the farm. I mean, I do like the growing of it. You know, when you you know, like now when the people come in the first day and they just they're awed over how many trees are beautiful. You know, that's always fun. And it you know it takes that's not it's easy to say it, they look good this year, but it doesn't always work like that. So <laughs> right. That's probably. The growing of it's fun, and then the day on the farm. I mean, to watch the kids come out and have a blast. And, you know, we take it for granted because we drive down the road and see all the work we got to do. But, you know, the kids from the city, they're from, you know, the customers don't, you know, they, they drive down the road and say, wow, this is pretty cool. So that's probably the most fun part of it. So, so you guys literally work all year for opening day. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. You know, it cycles in and out, but uh, but we, you know, with the, there's not a lot to do in the winter on the tree farm. You know, True. after after trees, we kind of put everything up, and then we start again in March and April. So it's uh, no rest. No, so. no rest. Well, I love the fact that what you guys do, and I'm sure you've thought of this a million times, but what you guys do really does build memories and families and kids and generations. Yeah, it's great. You know, the, the tree farm's been open since 1958, so. We're getting the kids' as kids' kids now. Right. You know, and we've had, you know, people say, oh, we've been here 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, and, you know, that's fun. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have that. And that's why I say we try to keep it very traditional. We don't like to try to change a lot. And, um, you know, we've done a, you know, I think we've done a good job at that. And um, the market's changed, too. You know, it's, you know, we get you know, there again. It, the People are busier. And, you know, like I said, we sell most of the trees in five or six days. So the crowds we get are probably bigger than we used to get. So we're trying to just, you know, manage that better. Um, but um, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's, it is a good time. So. Well, let, well, let me ask you this. I, we are divided at my house. I love the traditional tree. I like a real tree. My wife is just as happy with an artificial tree. Does this crowd you at all, the artificial market? That's, Ill, that's illegal in my book. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what we're seeing, it all. I think it cycles. You know, there's definitely a lot of competition for the for the artificial tree. And the, the, the artificial trees, they've gotten more expensive. And, you know, what we're seeing is, you know, the generation Y, the biggest generation, you know, they're all getting families now and kids and they want to come out to the farm. So we've seen a really good demand on trees the last couple of years, you know, because I think we're getting more families out there. Right. Um, so it's really the day on the farm is what sells it. See, I love that. I love the whole experience. Yeah, that's what really, really. And then, you know, there is, there has been a, a little bit of a shortage on Christmas trees in general, you know, and um, during the um, 
the recession in 08 and 09, the market was really soft and, you know, so no one planted trees and now here eight, 10 oh. years later, no, you know, there's been a shortage the last couple of years and the demand's been growing. So, so we've been very fortunate the last three, four years, you know, the demand, you know, our retail demand's pretty much stable and steady, but the wholesale demand's been really good. So, wow. but our main focus is having good trees for our customers. I love it. I love it. Give me the day in the life of, of you. What's the day in the life of Christmas tree farming go like? Well, this time of year, we, you know, I usually spend probably the, I get in and here around 6.30 in the morning and go to my desk and download the sales records and all that from the day before and spend about 45 minutes in my office. And then we start around 7.30 and, and then we usually have about 25 people in the evergreen wreath making area, 25 to 30 people. And then, so we usually get them started. We have, a, they, they all know the day before where they're going that next morning. So, and then we usually have a eight to 10 people out in the field cutting the greens. And then, you know, and, uh, so I usually, you know, spend about the first hour or two hours in the morning just going to the different departments and, you know, helping them and, you know, help, making sure that, you know, we, you know, we're, we're big enough where we have managers and the different departments. So I just go to the manager and make sure that, you know, the forecasts and that sort of thing. Then I usually go back in the office and spend a couple hours in planning what we're doing and make sure the supplies are coming in and then make my rounds in the afternoon. My wife's over at the lodge. I usually go over there for lunch and we go see what's going on at the farm. And then uh, in the afternoon, just, just you know, find out what, what fire needs to be put out. <laughs> and, uh, sure. You know, and, and I do, I mean, I do a lot of the sales and logistics, so I spend, you know, I'm not in my office all day, but maybe three, four hours, you know, just put, getting the, the orders, you know, especially the grocery store orders and that sort of thing. So, sure. But on the tree farm itself, you know, right now we're working on getting the website updated, getting that going. We're, you know, we're adding these new projects over at the lodge. We've got some Amish guys helping us with some carpentry work and, you know, working on uh, the, new, the new registers and that. So, yeah, just a lot of moving parts, you know, but... Uh, and then here it is, 5.30, and I'm talking to you, and my daughter gets home from dance at 6.30, so I hope to be home for dinner about then. So. Well, word on the street has it you start every day at the coffee shop in Granville. Is that true? I do. I use, uh, Because of COVID, they're only open Wednesdays through Saturdays. Oh, or, I see. Uh, so I usually will meet tomorrow, and we'll have a huge discussion on the election. So this see? Will be, yeah. <laughs> this will right. be an interest. This will be an interesting <laughs> one today. So, so but, very, uh, very yeah, for but, sure, no doubt about but, that. Tell people where they can find you, what they're looking for, and how to get out to your place, to the farm itself. Yeah, the, the best thing is go to timbuckfarms.com, and we have everything there. But we're basically, you know, we're um, about a half hour outside of Columbus, and go to the town of Granville and get on six sixty one north, and we're five miles north. So, um, yeah, we're getting a. We had a great fall weather and a little little colder than Arizona, but uh, <laughs> it's you know, all good. Yeah, but it's been a you know really decent weather, and uh, we're pretty fortunate that way. So. You've been listening to Open Field Radio from Gowan Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission.